Hello, and welcome to an extra bonus episode of Seasoned. As you know, if you listened to last week's episode, today, Monday, March the 27th, is Michelin Day, or Michelin Monday as it's known. Later on this evening, the coveted Michelin Guide will announce which restaurants in Britain have been awarded one, two, or even the dizzy heights of three Michelin stars. Those are quite literally the best restaurants not only in the country, but in the world. Here at the Black Swan, we've had a star for 13 years, and my restaurant in New York, Roots, has had one since 2021. And those stars are certainly some of the proudest achievements that we've had. Last week, we touched on what it would mean for us to keep our stars, and I spoke to my head chefs, Callum and Will, and asked them about it too. I know that a lot of our guests and a lot of listeners are keen to know more about Michelin, so we thought we'd put together this bonus episode with more of our Michelin chat. First things first, pre-Michelin nerves are on the menu. So Michelin week this week, which is always a bit of a weird one because obviously we run Michelin style restaurants and you're doing it every day. But then when it comes to the actual week, I don't know about you guys, I feel quite nervous. Yeah, it's normally about a month, six weeks before I know the guy's going to get released. I start getting a little bit, a little bit panic, not panicky, but you know what I mean? A little bit nervous, I suppose. You can swing both ways, though, can't you? Because yeah. like, uh, obviously if we lost one, <laughs> that would be devastating, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, yeah. But equally you can dare to dream a little bit as well yeah yeah i mean cal you talk about two stars quite a bit i think you use it as like yeah. a character dangle to the I, team i think about it every single day when i come to work really to be honest with you yeah because i mean i think there's like a level of responsibility that we have as chefs working in a michelin star restaurant we've got guests coming and eating every night paying a lot of money for the best food we can produce that day and like it's part of my job to retain a michelin star really yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise you could just employ anyone to do my job, you know what I mean? So, so you, you, you like putting that pressure on yourself? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think that it gets the guys a little bit more excited, you know. We, we, you know, we have a certain amount of guests in every single night where it's like, they could just be 38 random people or you could have two Michelin inspectors. You don't, you don't know, that's kind of the beauty behind it sometimes. That almost sounds like, I think people think it's a chefy cliche when you say every customer's as important as the next, but in reality they are, aren't they? Yeah. Like it's lovely, it'd be great to know when you're inspectors and of course you'd want to know it's human nature, but in reality you do genuinely try and make everything great for everybody. Yeah, I suppose it's that, I suppose not, not anxiety, but it's sort of when you're a bit feeling a bit low, you know, you're tired, mm. obviously your team are tired. The thought of, you know, retaining your stars or getting more stars does sort of pep you up a little bit. Uh, keep keeps you on the keeps you on the path you you know you set up for yourself I suppose. But whilst at the moment Michelin is all that we're thinking about, it's not something that many chefs will discuss openly. But it's an interesting one because I think in the chefy world that we move in, it gets talked about a lot. Like yeah. you meet any chef for a drink at any awards and you start talking about Michelin stars. But I think not many people talk about it like publicly. I bet there won't be any other podcasts this week talking about Michelin stars. No. I almost think people are a little bit scared to talk about it. You don't want to be too ambitious because then it sounds like, you know, you're cocky or you, you think you're going to get something and then you set yourself up. And equally, you know, disparaging. I think, I think a lot of chefs are sort of scared to speak about it. We hold it in massive regard. But I think, like, a lot of the general public, I find a lot of our guests ask me about it because I don't think a lot of people understand how it works. 
And uh, do we even fully understand how it works? No, it's just very secretive, the whole thing around it. It's quite it's quite cool in it really it's, yeah you know we talk about all hush hush and then there's this big ceremony and it's yeah it's cool it's really i, re I really like every year when it comes out it's always like really really interesting because guests will say to me on an almost nightly basis they're like so how 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 do you get your michelin then it's like what yeah. say. how do you get that and like how do you get like two then and you're like i don't know like you don't actually have an answer do you all i suppose just to explain to listeners like all we know is that so the the michelin guide comes out once a year and historically, it was a guidebook, so people would know people who had motor cars and Michelin tires would know where to go and go and eat, basically. Um, and the actual definition of Michelin stars is pretty hilarious, isn't it? Considering everything you put into it, is yeah. is one one star is just like worth worth a journey. Worth, no, worth worth stopping off at, isn't it? Two stars is worth a detour and three stars is worth a special journey. Oh, that's right, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Something which which like, yeah. is wild, isn't it? You think like mm. a Michelin star restaurant was only like worth stopping in at if you happen to be in the area. Yeah. But I suppose people didn't travel around as much back then. But yeah, so it comes out once a year. Uh, you go to a ceremony and literally find out if you've got a star or not. But they, they only announce the new stars. Yeah. So I've always found that you're in the awards... And you watch the new people get the new one stars, new two stars, new three stars. You're like, oh, this is all like great. I'm really happy for them. And then you go back into the like, champagne reception. And I have to get my phone out. And I'm like downloading the PDF to make sure that we haven't been deleted. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know that a lot of people book at our restaurants because we have a star. And it sets their expectation levels for sure. But there isn't a checklist of how to win one. All you can do is deliver really good food very consistently. But Will reckons he has gleaned one or two ideas of what the mission inspectors might be looking for. We once had a, a sit down with a mission inspector, didn't we? Yeah. And um, yeah, he sort of explained that it's about the, the quality of ingredient, the way the dish is put together and cooked, um, so the consistency of the cooking, and the fact that you can, you should be able to see the chef sort of imprint, sort of personality in the dish. You should be able to look at that dish and no, it's from that chef. I, th I think you can do that without being like out of the box and weird though. I think that like what we're really trying to do at the, at the Black Swan, and I'm sure you guys do it at Roots as well. It's like, we're just trying to scream and shout about Oldstead and like what's going on in Oldstead and why we think Oldstead's like the coolest place in the UK that you should come and eat at. <laughs> so a lot of the restaurants out there that have like one or two Michelin stars don't have the setup that we do in Oldstead. I'd say no restaurant in this country has what we have. For me, it's the most important thing that my chefs are getting their personality on the plate. It's the only way that the dishes come alive. And I think Will and Callum have their own styles, which certainly comes through on their menus. So we have two one mission style restaurants 20 miles apart. Will's head chef at Roots, Callum's head chef here at the Black Swan. And there's not one dish on the menu that's the same. Yeah. You're both cooking from the same farm, the same larder of ingredients, the yeah. same, whether it's fresh ingredients in the middle of summer or preserved ingredients. You've got the same ingredients, but you're cooking totally different dishes. Similar length menu, similar price point, but totally, totally different. And that's where identity and like maturity as a chef yep. comes in, because you're doing totally different things. You've got all the same suppliers. Yeah. But yeah. totally different food. We're both like working with the best produce, and that's <laughs> so you'll find that on both menus. Yeah. It's a... I know, I find the bills for it. Um, <laughs> I that's it's interesting. I mean, like I think you have very similar opinions on on food and quality of food. What's good and what's yeah. not good, and how you know technique wise what you would do and wouldn't do. But 
I'm probably the in the very unique situation that I'll go and work services in both restaurants, sometimes even on the same day. And actually, you are quite different. Yeah. And I think that's why I've always tried to encourage you both to be individual and be yourself, because that's what makes two great restaurants. I think people and personality is what makes yeah. makes great restaurants. But yeah, I think there's they are certainly in terms of presentation of dishes and some of the techniques and stuff. Uh, are actually quite different. Um, yeah. I'll if I'm working one. So I did li- lunch at Roots and then came to dinner for the Black Swan and worked on the pass. The, they are different setups. You know, you can see your oh, personalities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and like, they're both class, and I love the food in both. But they are very, very different, and that's that's super important for me. Here at the Black Swan, we're a lot um, luckier in some senses. Um, the farm is literally there the garden is literally a 30 second walk out the kitchen i can go out of of the black swan turn left and go down the lane and wild garlic is just there wood sorrel is just there late summer you know sweet sicily you've got woodruff all literally on the doorstep like you say it's 20 miles but it's 20 miles into the city which you know i'm not saying stuff doesn't grow in and around york but like it's all literally on our doorstep here and like i can speak to the guys at the farm like i've seen that this morning or like as soon as Bla- blackberries come into season or whatever i'm driving past them on my way into work and you stop and get them whereas in york i, I don't imagine you cycle past many blackberry tree no, <laughs> bushes no. and stuff it's no, like because no. you have to drive to the black swan you know yeah you, you have to go through these really windy narrow roads that are a bit of a pain in the ass but you see so much of the produce you'll actually be having on the menu that evening in the hedgerows, in the fields around the restaurant. You know, you drive past our Herdwick sheep, you drive past our Dexter cattle, you drive past the wild garlic growing in Was. you know, you, you drive, drive, drive past all this stuff. Um, and the story almost begins before you get to the Black Swan in that sense, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, because you've already made a big investment in even getting here because it, it is a pain to get here, really. And like, I, th- I think it's quite nice as well that we get um, quite a lot of guests that will like go and eat at Roots and then come and eat here or vice versa, I presume. But we we probably get maybe 10 or 15 guests a week that have, have like been at Roots the day before or been at Roots like the month before and stuff. And like, it's super cool, like going back to that whole personality of restaurants and they're like, yeah, you guys are like, you know, because obviously, you know, both Tommy Banks restaurants, but they're both, they are so different, even though we are using the same ingredients and, and you know, like the... I think we've got maybe like a slightly more chilled out style of service here. Roots is a little bit more formal, I'd say, which probably suits, you know, like the city centre restaurant versus the laid back used to be a pub that's now, you know, obviously a bit more refined now. Like it's, I think it's, it's even stuff like that. The buildings are completely different. We use the same um, uh, potters, you know, the same, you know, all that stuff. But but we have different visions for what we, stu- uh, you know, we had a, a potter deliver a lot of stuff for me yesterday and a lot of stuff for you. And it's cool that we've, both gone for completely different stuff you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. It's, it's down to stuff like that that i think michelin look at as well i think that it's down to you know they want to see you spending a bit of money on new crockery and like you know working with other people that are as passionate about what they do as what we do with food so yeah super important. you know michelin put you in their guide because they want to recommend your restaurant to their readers so you know they want to see you getting better It's impossible to think about the new guide without making some predictions. Currently, there's only eight restaurants in the UK with three Michelin stars and 18 restaurants with two. But between us, we think there's some others which might join that coveted list. 
I mean, one straight away for me would be Niall Keaton. He's obviously opened a new place. He had yeah. two stars before. Surely he's going to get at least one. Yeah, I mean, the one that I keep seeing is uh, Chapter One in Dublin. Yeah, uh, that a lot be three of people say, and a lot of people have visited this year because there's obviously quite a lot of hype around it and things. Because I believe it's his first. Is it his first guide since opening? Oh no, second. second. So he got two. He, he, got he two went in at two, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of people say it's, yeah. it's on for its third star, and it look it looks amazing. It looks incredible. You just put you, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people make predictions by just looking at Instagram. Because, yeah, which is not a, it's not a good way of doing it. No. But that's how. But you kind of have to look at people's backgrounds. Maybe that's like, a new feature for Instagram. Alex Dillon at Cafe yeah. Royale. He had two stars at the Greenhouse in Mayfair, so yeah. it make you know he's opened this brand spanking new restaurant. So definitely the best way to start for predictions. People have added them. Yeah, had them previously. Had them yeah. before. They like to give yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah. like Kenny um, Kenny Atkinson is obviously a good mate of all of ours. He's opened a new restaurant in Newcastle. So he's yeah, obviously got House of Tides, which has a star, yeah. and then Solstice. And that looks, it looks like that's the, you know, an evolution of his food at House of Tides. So yeah. you'd like to think he'd go in with a star or, hey, he's obviously yeah. pushing too, you know. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people again have, have said that, you know, they'll get a star. As for our fortunes, well, I'm not one for tempting fate for sure, but we do have to think about it, especially the impact on my team if we were to lose a star. I think that would be very psychologically difficult to take and, and I think like personally for me it's been sort of like the the, the, the public face of the businesses yeah. I feel like I'd have to front up to it a lot and, and I think it does define you unfortunately I think if you lost a star you'd be sort of known as that guy who's lost a star sort of but thing. you know you can get one back yeah, it's like getting, like getting relegated isn't it yeah. like Leeds got relegated <laughs> you know you've got to rebuild and sort of yeah. you know you come back stronger so. of course but I, I think it's 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 brutal though. I think it's a really, it is, really it is. tough. It is. To be honest, frightens the life out of me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I just I think it's all more for everyone else because you might be able to deal with it yourself psychologically. How do you go in and address the team the day after you just had your star deleted out of the guide? Yeah. Like yeah, that is. How do you build people up? I mean, I'd be straight away. My insecurities would say, "Oh, some of the guys want to move on." Yeah. You know, probably, and then like yeah. it really would be a rebuilding and trying yeah. to inspire people, and and then you realise actually how much kudos it gives you. Um, how much sort of your stock rises for having a star or two stars. Like yeah, instantly definitely. our stock rises if we win another star. Yeah. And then there's a question of what happens if one of our restaurants has more stars than the other. To be honest, this is what has worried me the most. So I asked Calum and Will how they'd feel if things got unbalanced. Me and Will are good mates anyway. And yeah. like, if he won a second star, I'd be absolutely over the bloody moon. Very jealous as well. Uh, a little bit, yeah. but, it may, it may, oh, but you know, it might but, like if he, if he went, it'd spur me on. Yeah. If Callum won a second, because I mean, you know, you're that close. You, you know, there's so so many similarities with the two restaurants, and you know the way we do things that it'd sort of spur you on. One of the restaurants wins two star. I can't lose in that situation because like, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great for me. But like, do you think the reaction of the rest of the team? Like, obviously, like, it is double-edged because you would be pleased for the other restaurant, of course. But equally, you do want it for yourself. Do you think the rest of the team would be a bit, like, gutted? Or do you think they'd just be like, right, well, we need to see what they're doing that we're not doing? And I can't see a scenario where it'd be a bad thing. No. That's, that's really healthy. If, if we win, the Black Swan wins two stars next week, we're still going to be doing the exact same thing we're going to be doing this week, which is yeah. just trying to get better every single day, regardless of... You know, you, you can think about it too much, maybe. And I do think about it every day, like I said. <laughs> but also, like, you just go in, you give it everything you've got, you make your team, give it everything they've got. But 
at the end of the day, one star, two star, three star, as long as you're just constantly trying to improve the working environment, the food, having a bit of fun while you're doing it. I think that's the most important thing, really. I'm really glad you both said that because that's one thing that I have thought about before was like, be amazing to win a second star in one of the restaurants, but then how do you pick up the other team? It was always like in the back of my mind. So I think that's... I don't think one of the restaurants getting two stars is... It's ne it's always going to benefit the other restaurant as well. Yeah. You know, whether that's people eating at Bats One and then eating at Roots or, you know, us taking a, a few things that they do here to roots making us better so yeah there's no there's no downside to it whatever happens the guests are going to know what's happened with the rating when they come for dinner tomorrow we'll need to hide our disappointment and still give them an unforgettable service if things haven't gone our way and well they'll definitely have a great time if things have gone well there's no way if you won a second star that guests that night wouldn't know no they get around i mean i'll be honest if we won a second star I'd just be giving drinks out for free like it's just part isn't it <laughs> Be a good night. Imagine being booked into a restaurant like the day after it just won a mission star or won two stars. Yeah. On Wednesday, we'll be back with our normal episode and hopefully an update on the Michelin results. All that's left to say is good luck to everyone hoping to win a star this year or to retain their stars. I really hope you get what you want. And I really hope this episode has shone a little bit more light into what this means for us chefs and what it means to, to win a star. I'm looking forward to Monday night. You know, um, it's going to be it's going to be a good night, and uh, I'll see you both there. Yeah, our, we'll get... our first awards. Yeah, yeah, all three of us. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Some grumpy chefs though who don't get what they want. But... Be, that'll be me. <laughs> <laughs>